Hey guys, it's Luli. Welcome back to Trauma and Healing. Healing go hand in hand. Today's episode will be about suicide, suicidal thoughts, and about acting on them. Trigger warning. This episode will consist of suicide, suicidal thoughts, and acting on them. Please listen to this cautionary tale with discretion. Suicide. Suicide is something that can hurt not just only you, but the people around you, the people that love you, the people that want to be there. Honestly, I've tried it. And why don't I tell you a little bit about that? I was 16 the first time I tried. It was right around the time my mom found out about my abuse. My mother found me counting my sleeping pills. She stopped me and took all the medication in my room and to say I had a lot of medication in my room would be, a, would be a lie because I did. I had ibuprofen, my sleeping medication, which I don't remember the name of it. Of it. it started with an A. Um, Tylenol and a migraine medication. After she saw me counting my pills, I wasn't allowed to take medication or pills in general without supervision. I saw my mom's face when she saw me. She was sad. She didn't understand why the child she had raised didn't want to be around anymore. The second time I tried, I was 20. I drank eight pills of ibuprofen and a lot of tequila. Yes, tequila and ibuprofen should not be mixed because ibuprofen is a blood thinner. I understand that. I thought it would work. Honestly, I thought it would either put me to sleep permanently or knock me out I drank only 800 now that I think about it because they were 200 milligrams each yeah 200 milligrams each was I proud of myself no why did I do it That is the million-dollar question. I think the question that a lot of people in my life ask me, and if I'm being honest, it was to numb the pain I was feeling at the current moment. I was going through a lot with my PTSD, my anxiety. I woke up the next day, and I went on autopilot mode. And like I said, autopilot mode to me means going about my day like if nothing ever happened. Even I'm, even though I'm not processing my feelings, I have put them aside and told myself I will deal with them later. I used it to get through the day. At that moment, I realized I wasn't okay. And like I always say, it's okay not to be okay. I was really stressed about work, being a new mom, and school. It's a, I had a lot on my plate, and I wasn't proud of how much I had on my plate. Because I was getting up at like 5 in the morning to go to work um, because I opened my store, uh, my store back home. For those that haven't heard my first episode or did, I'm from Miami. And then I would have to be at work by 7, do all the counting of the money, open up the registers, process the computers, like the system, like log into the system, print my daily tasks for the day. And then open the store and deal with customers coming in. After an eight-hour shift, I would go home, 
feed my child, play with him for a little bit, do some homework if I had time, and then go to school. And I spent from like six o'clock in the afternoon to probably 1130 at school. And it was a lot of homework because I was being, I was training to be a medical assistant and it wasn't easy. It was a lot of work, a lot of in-class projects and lab work. And then at home, I had to do a lot of homework projects, essays and stuff like that. That's the reason why I tried to take my life away when I was 20. I thought, honestly, my son would be better off without me. Is he? No, because he's five now and he's turned into a wonderful little boy. He's turned into my world, my life, and the main reason I get up every single day. He will never know this, or maybe he will if he ever listens to this episode. He was the one that saved me. Do I thank his father for giving me the opportunity to be his mom? You know, because it takes two to make a child? Yes. I will appreciate at least that part of my relationship with his father. And I'm happy to be a mom. I know at my at 20 when I had him, my mind was at a very dark place. I was going also through postpartum depression. So it wasn't just my PTSD and my anxiety mixing into the mix, into the cocktail, like I like to call it. It was also postpartum depression. I didn't want to talk to anyone about it. I wanted to ignore it. And like I said, I think in Jenny's episode, I put myself on an island and I cut myself off from the rest of the world because I thought I could do it on my own. And honestly, I couldn't. I needed the people in my life to be able to breathe and I pushed them away because I thought it was better than letting them see me all broken. I pushed my girl best friend away. The one I mentioned in my first episode that we got along because of all the the similar traumas we went through. She was there for me and when she called me out on the fact that I had postpartum depression, I told her no. And I knew she knew I was lying, but because she wanted me to believe, for me to believe my own lie that I was telling myself, she walked off. Did it hurt me? Yes. It hurt me so bad to lose her as a friend. I lost her for a year. And I will forever be sorry for losing her for a year because she is the closest thing I have to a friend, someone that knows me for me and calls me out when I'm not okay, tells me, hey, you're doing it again. Get your shit together. I appreciate her and she will always have a very special place in my heart. I think she's one of the other main reasons why I'm still here. But I don't think she'll ever know that because I don't think I've told her. Maybe one day she can come on the podcast and she can tell her traumas because it's not my story to tell and I will only tell it if she allows me to. I respect those boundaries and those rules that we set in place to keep our friendship at ease. She made me finish school and that's not something I thought I would ever finish. And I graduated and I, I, you know, I'm a certified medical assistant. I can work in the medical field if I choose to, but I enjoy my security job too much, I guess. Now, to the next topic on hand, as much as this is hard for me to talk about because I don't like talking about them. 
suicidal thoughts, or like I call them, dark thoughts. You may ask yourself why I call them dark thoughts, because I consider them a very dark part of my mind. And I want to pretend they're not there. There's been a lot of moments in my life where I have had dark thoughts. Only two of those times have I acted on them. Did they hurt the people in my life? Yes. Yes, they did. And I didn't realize I was hurting them until after the damage had been caused. And I had to sit there and apologize to them and say, I'm sorry for what I did. It wasn't my intention. I just didn't want to be around. I didn't think I was enough for you guys. I didn't think you loved me and loved me enough to be there. I felt like I was a burden and I was tired of being a burden in my life. But the more you mentally tell yourself you're a burden and you're not enough, the more you believe it. And that's all a lie. And it's a lie and it will continue to be a lie because it's not true. You are enough and you are loved. I think the reason why I had them and I I have them or had them is because I was angry with the world. I blamed myself for the trauma that happened to me. All the abuse, the physical kind, the sexual kind, the alcohol kind. I blamed myself because I thought I wasn't worthy of actually knowing what the good things were. were. Though I know it wasn't my fault. Because I didn't provoke anything and I didn't ask for it. But I think internally I blamed myself because I failed. At least I thought I did. And my family wasn't the best at helping me deal with those dark thoughts. They wanted them to go away. They wanted to pretend they didn't exist. So the reason why they didn't exist in their mentality was because mental health isn't real in my family. It's just an excuse kids use to get out of school, to get out of day-to-day life or chores. At least that's what my family thinks. They're very old Hispanics. My mom used to tell me that the reason why I never said anything was because I liked it. I was a little kid. I didn't understand what was that was going on or what it was meant to be and why I had so many dark thoughts in my brain that wouldn't turn off and that made me want to do things that I was going to regret for the rest of my life because I wouldn't know if I woke up the next day or not. And it hurts because I thought I wasn't enough and I hurt myself wanting to think that I wasn't broken when I was. I wanted to say, I'm not broken, even though I was. And trust me, it is okay to be broken. It is okay to cry. It's okay to have all the feelings you're having at the current moment. No one can take them from you. Because that means you're human. And it also means that you feel more deeply than what normal people do. Or like what society calls normal anyway. I know it might be funny to you guys that I call them dark thoughts. Because it's better than calling them suicidal thoughts. Because I think I can sit here and go on hours on end how many thoughts I've had and why I haven't done them. But the main reason why I haven't done them is because I have a little boy that loves me. 
he means the world to me. He's my little angel. But he is the main reason I get up in the morning, go to work, and come home. And then I do it all over again. I know that it's hard. And they're not easy to turn off and they're not easy to ignore. And sometimes we need medication to be able to turn them off. And that's okay. I don't know why. Because medication does help. Like me, I choose not to take it. But that's my, my medical choice. That's nobody's choice but my own. I've learned to deal with them through the coping mechanisms I described in my second episode. At least the good ones. I've tried. Sticking to the good ones this time around, I promise. No more heavy drinking for me. No, every once in a while, I think. I think about it. Doing the dark parts of coping. And I stop myself and then I realign myself and I say no. Will they ever go away? Honestly, I don't know. Am I okay with them now that I'm 25? Yes. Yes, I am. Honestly, it's hard to say that acting on them won't hurt you or your loved ones. I have acted out on my dark thoughts. It wasn't easy for me to turn them off. It never has been. Because when I get into my dark thoughts moment and I try not to act on them or I think about acting on them, I seal myself away from the outside world and I lock myself in my room and turn off all the lights and and just lay there and contemplate life or try to distract myself so I can be able to turn them off without the fear of trying to do something that will never be undone. If you can't turn them off, then you have to learn to live with them in a way that will not affect you in your day-to-day life. Like, yes, they're there. I know they're there. Yes, I want to act on them, but I won't. Because it will also hurt the people in my life. And the people that stay in your life to see you heal are the ones that love you unconditionally, regardless of the situation. Or regardless of how much time it will take you to be completely you again or whole. Or a good version, healed version of you. Acting on them won't only hurt you mentally, physically, and emotionally. Because those three things are very important. You have to be mentally okay to be physically okay. And physically okay to be emotionally okay. And that's hard to do when... You want to act on them. And you also have to remember it will hurt the lo- the ones you love the most. But please try to remember you aren't alone. You have people that love you. And it's okay not to be okay. And I don't care how many times you hear me say that that is true and I, I live by it. It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to tell the people in your life, hey, look. I'm not okay emotionally right now and mentally. I don't know how physically I am okay, but I'm not emotionally and mentally okay. And talk to someone because talking to someone will help you. And if you don't feel comfortable talking to someone that you know, then reach out to someone that will help you. I know that they have hotlines now for suicidal thoughts or any 
things like that. I don't really remember. I'll probably have to look into that. You might be surprised who will, who will be there through all of it with you. You'll be surprised the people that stay and can survive all the things you're going through right now. I know it's not easy. I know that talking about it will make you feel more broken. But trust me. It is okay to be broken. It is okay to hurt. It's okay to be angry with the world. It is okay to feel like you don't know what to do tomorrow. And you just want to lay in bed and cry and and understand that, okay, I'm processing the feelings that I have been trying to turn off. And because I've tried to turn them off, suicidal thoughts have happened. And they're so dark that they have sucked me in into this black hole that I don't want to be in. Trust me, because I've been there. I've touched rock bottom more than once in my life. And yes, I'm 25. I'm young. But I've touched rock bottom a couple of times in my life, and I have not been proud of it. It has not made me a better person to touch rock bottom. Because it made me realize that the only reason I was all the way at the bottom was because of my own doing and because of my own thoughts or because I thought that I wasn't enough for a person in my life. And you have to learn to love yourself before you can love anyone else in your life because they can't validate you and tell you, you're okay, it's okay. You'll be, survi- you'll be a survivor. No, because that's your job. You can't use anyone as an anchor in your life to prevent the suicidal thoughts or the, 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 the part of acting on your suicidal thoughts or actually committing suicide, or at least getting close to committing suicide, because there is near near death experience when you try suicide. And I understand that talking about it is hard because I can tell you the two times I did it, I didn't want to talk to anyone. When my mom found out the first time, I know that she was angry. She asked me why, and I'm like, I don't want to be around. It's too much pain. I can't turn it off. I don't know how to deal with it. I'm angry. I'm hurt. And I don't know how to process these emotions or feelings. And my mom just looked at me like, breathe. Because one day you will understand that it's okay not to be okay. Or like, I, my mom used to say in Spanish, and I love to say now, no hay dolor que dure mil años, ni cuerpo que lo resista. And for those that don't know Spanish, there isn't a pain that will last you a thousand years and a body that can resist it. It might not make so much sense in English, but it makes sense in Spanish. And honestly, remembering those words every single day and remembering that it is not okay, it is okay not to be okay have helped me get through very dark moments of my life. That moment that I thought I would never survive. You are stronger than you look and feel. You are invincible. And the world will knock you down and life will kick you around. Control, you can't control everything in your life. Because if you try to exert control on everything in your life, take it from me, it will not work. You will not succeed at whatever you want in life. Because yes, it's okay to have certain aspects of control, but not every inch of your life needs to be in control. You can need to have balance, but not control. Because if you try to control everything, then you're being selfish. Not just with you, but with the people that you love. I know that it's shocking for a lot of you to hear this, but suicide 
happens. And it affects a lot of people in the world. And sometimes when suicide actually gets fully done right, or whatever right way it's supposed to be done, you don't come back. And you leave a trail of broken people in your life that question themselves. Why didn't I notice that they weren't okay? Why didn't I see the red flags or the indicators that they weren't okay? Where did I go wrong or where did I fail them? But you need to understand as much as it is not your fault that those things happened to you, the trauma that you went through. And it is also not the people's fault in your life that you no longer wanted to be around. Well, I be I will be honest with you. I've had those dark thoughts not recently, but a couple months back. And I remembered, and I centered myself, and I said, "It's okay not to be okay. It's okay to want to be angry. It's okay to want to be hurt." And it wasn't because anything had happened to me; it's because my PTSD triggered itself, and I didn't know how to deal with the feelings my PTSD was triggering for me. I know that. We are strong individuals and we can get through anything life throws at us. And one day you'll be able to tell me, Luli, I'm completely healed. I know that that pain is there. I know that it was meant to hurt me. But I can finally talk about it without crying, without getting emotional about it and without being angry anymore. Because I'm getting there. I'm getting to that moment in my life where I can tell you that I'm almost completely healed. I may be like 50% of the way. And that I've learned to be okay with the pain in my life. I'm slowly also learning to deal with my trauma. Maybe not talk to everyone in my life, but talk to the important people that matter about it. If you ever need someone to talk to, I'm here. Like I said in Jenny's episode, my podcast is a safe space. There will be no judgment. There will be no repercussions for whatever you tell me. Because I will protect you as much as I can. If you ever want to sit down and have a conversation like Jenny did, I'm more than happy to. I love having guests. And I think a lot of you like listening to those episodes. Remember something. Life will only beat you down if you allow it to beat you down. You are strong, you are enough, and you are loved. And honestly, you will get through all these dark parts in your life. You will become a newer, better version of yourself once you leave that storm that you call the emotions you refuse to feel. And when you do, I will be at the other end waving at you and smiling. I might not get to meet you in person, but I hope my voice brings you some comfort and it shows you how to be okay and learn that it is okay not to be okay. Guys, like I always say, sometimes you have to cry all the sadness in your heart out of your body to be able to fill it with happier memories. And just because you're healing, it does not mean that the trauma that was caused did not happen. Because the trauma did happen. 
whatever that trauma is, it will not define who you are. It will just be a part of your story. It will never define you as a man or a woman because you are strong. Because if you survive that trauma, then you can survive anything else in your life. And I know you will be okay. Thank you for joining me today. And if no one hasn't told you lately, I'm proud of you. Of the person you were last year, of the person you are this year, and the person you will be in the years to come. Because you are a warrior and a survivor. Hope to see you next week on Trauma and Healing Go Hand in Hand. Bye, guys. For now, anyway. See you guys next week.